Hello, everybody. My name is Eric. My name is Nick. Today, we're going to talk about the draft picks that the Bengals had in the 2021 draft. Okay, Nick, let's talk about how they draft. Right. Number one pick, somewhat controversial. They got that Jamar Chase. What do you think what about that? What do you that? think about it? I fucking hate it. <laughs> um, he seems like a very good player. I appreciate all his enthusiasm. I just think it's the wrong position. They really needed to go that Penny Sewell at one. Uh, so I'm not particularly happy. I do feel a little bit better uh, with the later picks in the draft. They, they you know, at least they addressed it uh, prior than they did, you know, in prior years. But you know. He's a he's going to be a good player. He'll be a good number one, but I just think um, they should have gone for some protection. Yeah, I mean, I I get the sentiment, and I really wanted um, a tackle there as well. Uh, the closer we got to it, though, the happier I was going to be with you know either um, if we went tackle, receiver, or tight end there. I thought it was pretty certain they were going to go tight end at four at the Falcons. People kept saying they were going for a quarterback. I'm like, no. But they ended up with the Kyle Pitts. So I knew that right then, okay, we get the cream of the crop on who we're going to pick from. And we ended up picking Chase. I know I know Joe Burrow really likes him. I think he was part of the reason why they ended up getting him. Yeah. But I don't know. It, Bad knee. He said, I think he actually showed up to OTAs, and he's not even 100%, but he said he's 85% of the way there. I mean, he's throwing and he's walking, so that's a good sign, but they really could have used some protection on the, for the first pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of hesitation around drafting tackles early and having them you know, be your, be your guy early on. Um, I, I mean, think- we've had more busts at – tackle or we've had more bust at wide receiver than we have had bust at lineman so well you've had they've had a lot of bust in it's and and this comparison isn't like perfect because there are some uh things that i guess what is the phrase um exceptions that prove the rule kind of thing but you know we willie anderson munoz uh, levi jones was acceptable uh, Jonah Hill looks pretty good. Uh, these are good quality linemen that were taken in the first round. Conversely, you know, there have been the Billy Prices and the Boyhees. Um And go back to wide receiver, you know, Pierre Warwick was the biggest bust. John Ross as well, although they did pick A.J. Green and some other. Uh, I want to say Isaac Curtis was a first rounder. You know, go back through history. There are, you know, some exceptions that are proven wrong, but they got a lot of good wide receivers in the second round. Uh, to name a few, Collinsworth, Chad Johnson, T. Higgins, Marvin Jones. So they can find good quality receivers in the second round. So I I thought they should have gone lineman at five overall uh, and then gone for some sort of wide receiver in the second round. I mean, Sure. But uh, I, I think the uh, what I'm saying by that is that wide receivers um, tend to be able to 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 start their first year. Yeah, um, if they're more like start and ready. be. Yeah, it's easier to start and then be very successful. Um, yeah, linemen I think it's take a little that, longer. 
Yeah, I do think uh, Jamar Chase will probably be a day one starter, barring any kind of offseason or preseason injury. And like Willie um, or Andrew Whitworth, I think he started off the bat, but he didn't really get to his like raw, pure, great form until three or four years into his career. Yeah, I read an, an article. Um, it was a few years ago now, so it might be out of date. Um, but talking about like the top um, top rookies that are um, like top hundred rookies and how they split up based on position, mm-hmm. and I think running back was like at the top. Um, and then tackles were pretty low. Offensive tackles were pretty low. But it's like quarterbacks, running backs, receivers are at the top. Yeah, the like pro ready kind of um, skill players. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like you know there are limitations on in in pro sports on how young or old you can be. So, like, you know, there are probably a lot of players who are pro ready, a lot younger. It's easy to think like those LeBron James, Zion Williamson in basketball, for example. Um, Jamar Chase was probably ready to come out last year, not in 2021, but 2020, but couldn't because of the age restriction that the NFL has. Uh, otherwise, why sit out the full year? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, there's probably some. There's probably a lot of truth to that. Personally, I think we took the best player at the at the time of our pick. I think Jamar Chase is is pretty incredible for a receiver. Probably one of the best receiving prospects in a while. Are you saying like out of all the wide receivers that were taken in the draft, that Jamar Chase is probably going to be the best? Uh, or do you mean I'm like saying they, they was, took the best available player overall? I think he was the best available player overall. Okay, I would I would disagree uh, with you. Yeah. I probably would say Sewell was probably the best available overall, but uh, Chase was probably, you know top two or three from that but that's just my opinion yeah i think chase was was definitely the best he's had you know a college career like an insane college career um but yeah, we'll see he and joe burrow really did tear it up that that year in a at lsu so it will be interesting yeah like you said for them to play together and he'll probably be the number one going into the season or maybe he'll be number two and he's got to you know beat out tyler boyd i don't know I'll, they'll probably Tyler, I, 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 well, Tyler Boyd's not going to play on the outside, so yeah, it's going to be I between mean, him and um, T. Higgins. Yeah, T. Higgins. They probably will run out a three wide receiver set or more on the very first play of the year. But if you if you think of just a traditional offense, two wide receivers, uh, two tight end or a tight end and a fullback, and then the running back, I would assume that it's going to be Chase and Boyd as those two wide receivers out there. Because it's like, yeah, Boyd plays a lot in the slot, but he does go on the outside. Very rarely, um, though. I, on, I don't, th- I don't think we're going to play. I mean, we don't even have a fullback, so I think three receiver yeah, my, sets are what we go with. I mean, that logic I was using is really outdated, but <laughs> I was just using it as an example. You know, if you're going to explain general football tactics to people, you know, you would probably tell them, you know, two wide receivers – fullback running back tight end but yeah no for our offense it's probably going to be a three three wide receiver set boyd and the boyd's your slot guy chase is your number one and then t higgins kind of is your number two non-slot player yeah but i think this fills the hole that we had with uh aj and uh joe burrow not being able to get familiar with each other and i think these that was guys, rough to watch that really was 
Yeah, and I think these guys are already having that familiarity. I think is was a big factor. So. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I think Mike Brown and the powers that be in the front office are probably more willing to listen to Burrow this time around compared to how they listened to Palmer because Palmer never got what he wanted. Um, he wanted them to go out, and this was his, you know this is his words, not ours. Uh, he wanted them to go out and kind of get free agents every year and spend in the marketplace, and they really didn't. And so now you're seeing uh, them do that, and now they're they're basically picking players that Burrow wants, so or at least on the offensive side. Right. So I think you know we'll see how that plays out. It obviously didn't play out too well for Palmer here in Cincinnati, uh, him not getting what he wants. So um, we'll see we'll see down the line how that shakes out. Yep. Uh, what do you think at that tackle at two? That Jason Carman. Uh, yeah, that dude's not going to be playing tackle in the NFL. Yeah, what's his? What are his specs? I don't even know. <laughs> you haven't even read up on him. Oh, he's Come a guard. Uh, he's a local guy, though. He's definitely going to. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, he's going to be a guard. Six five three thirty. Yeah, that's probably guard. Um. Oh, he was a. Oh, he. Okay, so that was one of those like he played tackle and college and they're going to move him the guard okay that's, that that's what i think um i think he's uh i don't know he, he lunges a bit um i don't know i i think he would have trouble controlling a edge rusher so so do you think you're gonna move him on the inside yeah i think he's gonna stay on the inside that's probably good i think they're fine on tackle they got jonah williams and then they got that ryan relief riley i don't even know how dude i don't know how to say any of these people's names yeah it sounds Uh, like you but uh riley reef he's your other tackle i think quentin span played well and then they'll kind of see well uh, here was my thought on the offensive line they're going to go into camp they're going to see who plays the best and whoever plays the best is going to play so they're 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 gonna puzzle piece it best they can. They're gonna say you know, fuck position titles. Whoever plays the best at camp is gonna get those spots. So whoever it is, if it's Price or if it's Trey Hopkins or if it's Span or Carman or uh, they also got that Deontay Smith in the fourth round. Whoever plays the best, uh, Trey Hill they got in the sixth round as a center. Whoever plays the best, you're gonna play. Yeah, well, I was surprised we didn't go for a more legit tackle here. Um, were there any available? I. Yeah, there there were a few at the time that I thought would have been better than going guard here. Um, I'm, some of these guys I'm surprised slipped so far, but uh, I think Spencer Brown would have been good. Oh, you like that James Houston too, or Hudson? Sorry, uh, of UC. You liked him. I liked him later, though. Uh, not this early. Oh yeah, he. Um, not to trash talk our own players. I I thought he he made some like I don't want to say Vontez perfect esque stupid boneheaded plays, but uh, during the Peach Bowl, he he made a clear dumb mistake like tackling some or pushing somebody out of bounds when the play was over, like obvious ejection worthy stuff. And it was like, I, I want to get away from that. I like Vontez Perfect, but I, I'd like to avoid any comparisons whatsoever or any ability for any social media or national media to get a hold of that and, you know, keep going with that. You would. 
I know. I'm not worried about that though. I think uh, uh, what's his name? St- uh, Stone Forsyth. Forsyth. Mm-hmm. I thought he would have been pretty good too. Um, I don't know. I just not 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 too incredibly happy with that Jackson Carmen pick. I've I've heard that people thought maybe that one was a reach. Him at that spot, they could have gone better from like national people who follow college ball a lot better than we do. I do think that Joseph Osai, the um, defensive end that they took in the third round, um, he had a really good 2020. He was a first-team All-Big Ten consensus All-American. So, obviously, college into NFL is not a direct translation, but that's a pretty good um, collegiate career. He was also born in Nigeria. That's interesting. Yeah, I think I think that was a really good pick in the in that position. Um, we do needed feel, help there on the edge. Do you feel a lot better about letting Lawson go, knowing that we got no a really good defensive? End? Okay, you're still upset about that. No, th- th- I mean this guy's not going to be a starter for us here, and he's going to be a rotational player, and he's definitely not going to put up the kind of numbers that Lawson did in his in his rookie year. I'll tell you what he did. Lawson had some great numbers in his rookie year. But kind of looking over, they had 10 total draft picks, and they spent four of them on the defensive line. Um, that's kind of a lot, in my opinion, when we had other areas of need. I don't know what our, our, like our I, front office I think that was one of our biggest areas of need. That was our weakest position last year. I mean, if you look at all the metrics. That's true. That was our weakest um, position. That and linebacker. But... I think they're pr- I think they're pretty happy. They got a, a decent amount of linebackers, given that they only play two of them anyway. Um, two linebackers, and they do a almost permanent nickel set. I don't know. It just seems that you, I feel like they you know they won they won for one traded out Lawson for Hendrickson, which I know you don't like, but that's beside the point. They at least got somebody to fill the space, and then they added four players. They brought back. I mean, they let Geno Atkins go, but they brought back. Uh, Mike Daniels and they brought in uh, Larry Onjinobi. Uh, so like they they bolstered up the D line quite a bit. I I think it's too hard to tell. There's still a lot of unknowns there. We've added people, but we don't know the product we're gonna get, or the production we're gonna get. Um, and we gave up one of the best edge rushers in the game right now. So uh, and we haven't replaced him. So I think our top end on that defensive line has gotten worse. Okay. Um, but um, let's move on to the next one. Uh, another D-tackle out of LSU. They've been picking a lot of people out of LSU the last couple of years. Wait, what? LSU, like the guy with the, the fourth pick, Tyler Sh- Shevlin. Shevlin? Sh- um, you're skipping somebody, buddy. Oh. We picked Cameron Sample before Oops. Shelvin. Come on, man. Well, Get it together. It's all me, man. I was look. I'm looking at the list, and I I just completely skipped them. My B. Um, uh, where did I learn the count? Yeah, we should we should add that in as like a thing, like a quote. <laughs> okay. Anyway, this was a uh, horrible pick, in my opinion. You think it's horrible? This was a okay. this was a huge reach, huge reach. Really? Yeah. Um. I I didn't think we needed him here. Um. He's from. I've watched him a bit. He seemed kind of 
kind of slow and uh like couldn't finish you know didn't have that last minute burst speed to get sacks and stuff like that. Uh, just they'll move him inside because he's listed as an end, but they may move him inside if he's if he's really slow. I don't think so. Not with our system. Okay. Uh, but I would have liked somebody else here. I, w- I would have liked to go back to the line here and pick up a tackle. That would have been nice. Tackle. They could also use a, a tight end too. I would have picked a tackle here or a linebacker. Um, Really, I would have gotten linebacker early on. If we could have gotten, like, Nick Bolton or Jabril Cox, that would have made me really happy because our linebackers are, are pretty bad. Um, we're going to have to see some serious improvement this year. Well, I know that two of our linebackers, two saw a lot of play, Davis Gaither and Wilson were both rookies. Jermaine Pratt, um, second year, he's a third-year player now. So, I mean – if they play really well, who knows? But they, I know they let um, Josh Bynes go, who we were really kind of yeah about. Yeah, it makes you kind of wonder though. Is like because I know didn't uh, one of these guys was a linebacker in college, and they're going to convert him into defensive end. I mean, we've seen defensive end players play linebacker, traditional stand up linebackers in the past. Uh, that was Osai. Osai was a linebacker in college. Well, so well that was the same thing with Lawson. He was also a linebacker in college, and they moved him to the line. He saw some success. Yeah, I just I, I would have gone with with the linebacker here. Cameron Sample could have we could have gotten him later. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one. I mean, I mean they they had eleven picks later. That was at Tyler Sevlin. I'm sure I botched that. Uh, that was only 11 picks later, so if they really wanted the sample, they could have still gotten them, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. So, next pick, addressing an area of need again. I thought this was a pretty good good spot to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, good. He, it, he fills um, he fills the, the role, a role that we already have, though. He's he's a nose tackle. He'll be a backup. Yeah, so this guy is, is going to be a backup. Um his he's pretty big for the position he doesn't he's definitely not going to be an all-down um player i mean how many tackles nowadays are all-down players oh uh, this guy just doesn't really have much else besides filling gaps i think currently he uh i mean very decorated uh collegiate career fiesta bowl peach bowl national championship According to Wikipedia, <laughs> <laughs> have you seen him play at all? He's pretty. He's pretty slow. <laughs> uh, you know, to be honest, I really haven't watched any of these guys like tape on any of these people. That's what you're for. I'm just here to to rant. Oh boy. Um, yeah. I don't. Uh, to be honest, I haven't really seen too much of Jamar Chase. Wow. Well, I I gotta um, see. We we gotta see how the preseason shakes out. But th- this guy might not even make the roster. Oh wow. I mean, we. I mean, it's like I said, we're loaded on defensive line. Yeah, we have a lot of tackles, so he's gonna he's gonna have to play really well. Um, and then they got uh, another offensive lineman, Deontay Smith. Deontay Smith from East Carolina. Yep. What do you think about it? Um. Okay. Hey, uh, you know, 
The more linemen they can get to shore up that line, the better. I'm happy that they picked three linemen in the draft compared to not addressing it at all. Because I think last year's draft, do we even pick a, a lineman in the draft at all? I can't remember. I don't think we did. We did not. Or we did one. Uh, that Akeem Adianti. God, I'm so bad at pronouncing people's names. <laughs> um, he was the only one. He started for a little bit on and off. I think he played okay. But I think he went in and out when other people had injury. Yeah. So I like the fact that they addressed it more so in this draft than they had last year because that was kind of my, you know, a big problem with last year's team is they didn't do enough on the line. Yeah, uh, I wasn't too psyched about this pick. Um, watching his tape again, he's, he's really – he seems really raw, which I, would, I wouldn't expect for – I think he was a senior. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty raw, not – doesn't have – I think NFL level strength. I think he's going to take some time before he makes any kind well, they, of impact. They always, most of these guys don't. I mean, that's what the late bloomer thing we kind of mentioned earlier is that some of these dudes just got to like, you know, work out and get to it. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean when, when you're watching tape of a guy that's getting, you know, tossed around by um, other college players, you know, it's it's kind of rough. Hmm. Well, that's why that's why the guys who don't get tossed around are getting picked. You know eighth overall or whatever yeah the the better talent is already selected by this point i mean we're talking 139th pick here well i, but I see what i see what you're saying I, I think there are still good players on the board ahead of him like i said um i think Jalen moore was still available and i liked him a lot better mm-hmm. see here my whole thing I'll, I'll I'll go off topic for just a quick second because I love to ramble and go off topic, but um, it's really hard for me to get really invested in in college players that aren't like the first you know first rounders because you really never know. Um, the, some of the lower level rounders if they're going to be any good because sometimes they're they're people like T.J. Hushmanzada who are seventh round picks and then blossom in the pro bowlers later in their career it's how you know it's hard to tell and um we've had a lot of busts players who thought we were going to be really good but then ended up not being too well so that's why i don't like particularly follow specific players in college outside of who were picking probable in the first round um i kind of focus on what holes we need position wise because, you know, it's like, well, we need tackles, we need corners, and then, then they go in the camp and they see who plays the best out of, you know, the the top three picks are probably almost guaranteed to make camp, and everybody else is up for grabs, and you never know, sometimes undrafted players do really well. So, we've, we've had a number of undrafted players contribute a lot uh, in the past, so, I like, like I said, I think I said this before on this podcast, is that until they get the camp, they really don't know, right? Uh, so that's why I, that's why if I come off as uneducated, it's n- more so my interests lie elsewhere. You know, once once I know we're doing OTAs now, but once we get to actual you know training camp, that's when the real good stuff comes up. 
Yeah, I like looking at tape of guys because they, they don't change much from the tape to first year. That's how you can tell who's going to contribute early on versus who's going to be a project. I th- I, th- I would agree that for the most part there are random occasions where there's diamonds in the rough and there's really good low draft players. But, yeah, for the most part, the tape don't lie. Uh, next pick. Horrible pick, I think. You don't like – yeah, you don't like this at all. I saw a really cool uh, video of him where he – he he kicked a uh, – it's one of those trick shots where he kicked the football from the field and it hit a – or it knocked the cap off a bottle that was, you know, up in the rafters. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you can attempt it 500 times and only put the one video that works up online, Yeah, that's the, that's the whole thing about those, like, trick shots and what what is it – what's that TV show or YouTube series that they had where it's, like, uh, Unlimited Hero or something like that? Where they where they do like those fancy tricks where they like kick a basketball and goes in from 150 feet or whatever. It's like okay, how many times did they film that? <laughs> right. Um. I regardless, I thought it was cool. Um. I think we let our kicker go. Who was um. Oh, who was our kicker? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh no, we cut um. Randy Bullock during the year, didn't we? Yeah, and then we or we benched Randy Bullock. I don't think we cut him. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we let him go and um, sign with Detroit. Yeah, he, he, the Bengals have like a very, I don't know, I'll say consistent habit of picking like very mediocre, short-range, accurate kickers. It's almost like they pick like, they're like, okay, let's get the guys who are guaranteed to get the short game, and we'll we'll just pray they hit the long ones. Although he does have the, the record, I think, for longest make at fifty six. Uh, that was a couple years ago, but I, I long range kickers with accuracy like um, who's the kicker for Baltimore? What's his name? Justin Tucker, like that guy. That guy can hit anything, and. So accurate in doing so, like we don't go for your, those kickers like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this guy doesn't have a great, great leg. Um, his last year, he he fell off kind of. His last year in college. Really? Yeah. Florida did not have a good year overall last year in terms of football. It's true. <laughs> Uh, if we're gonna, if I can rant about college football for a split second, right, going go back to Joseph Osai, I think it's hilarious. Every single year, every single year, Texas will win like a big game in like the first couple weeks of the year, and then they'll everybody will say Texas is back. <laughs> then they fall off like every year. They they win some big game, they say Texas is back, and then they suck every year. Um, I just think it's so funny. It's like, when are you people going to learn? Like, you don't say that until, like, they win, like, the really big game at the end of the year. Because, like, ever since Vince Young, they have been pretty awful. Yeah. That was my that was my quick rant on on college football fans. Um, I, have, I have a rant about professional football fans. I will get you towards the end of the... Um, end of the podcast on this one. It's, it's a pretty good one, I say. Yeah, but anyways, I think uh, I think we probably could have gotten him outside of the draft. Oh yeah, but uh, well, any any kicker, you know, taken before 
the fifth round is pretty much a waste of a pick. I, I don't mind spending a seventh rounder on a, on a kicker or a punter, but... I think this was the only kicker drafted this year. That would sound about right. Yeah. I think there was a punter that got drafted too, but... That's so weird to think. Like that's such an like special teams is such an important part of the game, and kicking is the most important part of the special teams portion of the game because that directly leads to points scored, and like it's it's a position that's like relegated to, you know, undrafted players. Yeah. And then okay, so the first pick of their sixth round, they got Trey Hill, center out of Georgia. I I appreciate again. Another um, lineman. What do you think of this guy? I don't know anything about Trey Hill. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I haven't seen any tape on this guy. I do think for the most part, if you're going to look for offensive linemen, um, the Big Ten, particularly Ohio State, they really do have good offensive linemen except for the one that we picked. <laughs> and uh, the SEC typically have pretty good, except for the one we picked in the way he typically have pretty good linemen. But um, – I know it's so ironic. I just thought about that. Like, the, uh, you know, sometimes there's really good ones in Pac-12, but I think your safest bets are SEC or the Big Ten. Yeah, so. I think by the time you get down this low in the draft, you're looking for people that uh, that have some kind of ceiling. So I'm hoping that's what this guy has. Some kind of ceiling that can fill a position role that they need. In our case, we need the center. So. Yeah, the the only concern I have about him is uh, his injury history. I think he he blew out both of his knees, or maybe it was just Ooh. his meniscus. I can't remember, but that's rough. Yep. So he's definitely not going to be a contributor for a few years. What do you think of them drafting Chris Evans and not not Captain America Chris Evans? Yeah, this this random Chris Evans. I I don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, I saw some tape on him. Um, He's he's all right. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna play a whole lot. Um, I don't know. He's he's not that exciting. Not not an exciting pick to me. I mean, they they got a decent amount of uh, people in the running back slot. I mean, obviously, they don't have a fullback anymore. So you assume Mixon's your number one. And you kind of go from there. Like it's kind of like what we said with you know who plays the best in camp out of all these dudes. I know they just re-signed P. Ryan, and I think they like that Travion Williams just not enough to put him in the game. I really like Travion Williams. I think he's he's pretty good, and yeah, I think it's going to be hard to knock any of those three out of the off the team. But I think you know we might we might go for um, only because of somebody that we'll get to later. They'll, they've done that in the past, so that wouldn't be a surprising move if they did. Um, and then last pick, another defensive end. At this point, you know, um, I, who the hell knows? I haven't seen any tape on this guy either, but um, I've heard good things, actually. I've read some stuff up on him. Um, That's good to hear. You know, he, he, can, he, he can plug in, you know. He's not great at anything, but he can f- fill in. And, I mean, that kind of covers who they all drafted. They got – I mean, if you just go on their, um, like, roster page, you can, you can see uh, – this is really early in the season. This is typically how it is. But they're they're loaded at linemen, 
the offensive and defensive and then defensive backs. So I think they're um, they, they can pick out of you know the cream of the crop of the best players that are available from who they have. Um, I just looking at you know probable players like you know, I can kind of tell who's going to get cut and who's going to make the team and you know yeah so that's all for the draft picks I think we should go into the undrafted free agents okay uh they got a punter out of OSU whoa, 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 okay let's, let's slow down there buddy I want to talk about the interesting ones first so, okay. Oh, yeah. Like, why are you stopping me? I'm doing what you told me to do. I, s- I said that we will probably we might go for running backs because of Puka Williams Jr. I think he might. Oh, make so that's it what you were saving for. Okay. Over, um, uh, Chris Evans. Really? Yeah. He's got. I think he's he has more potential for filling that Gio Bernard role. He's pretty small, but he's he's pretty quick and he can. He can catch, and he's also has uh, special team ability. Okay, th- and that's how a lot of people make teams is, is their ability to play on special teams. Yeah, I think he has. Uh, he could be a returner. You know, uh, he he had success in college doing that. You can't go wrong with a name like Puka Williams. Yeah, I like I like this guy a lot. I think there's there's potential here, and uh, he had a, he had a pretty good college career. I think uh, better than Chris Evans. I think. I think he, I think he opted out out of. Um, the last part of last year, he only played in a couple games, so his numbers don't look as good. Um, he had a really good freshman year. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be that'll be something to get into a lot later in refilling that Gio Bernard role, which I still am upset about. But you know, right. Go from there. And who who did you want to bring up? In, in regards to what? Undrafted free agent. I don't know any of these dudes, and it's, uh, that's again, that's. I don't know who any. A lot of these dudes probably won't make the team. I didn't even know we got a punter. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was the punter. Um, so I don't know how long they're gonna keep around. God, I almost called him Larson. Oh, that was Drew Chris was so- Chrisman. Yeah, so I don't know how long they're going to keep Huber around. He's from Lawrenceburg. Or if, or if at all. I'm surprised we didn't go Local for the guy. Cincinnati guy, but we never do. Yeah, I don't know why. Mike Brown loves OSU. Like, if you went to like if you went to school in the high school in the Tri-State, and then you went to OSU, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to get picked by uh, <laughs> Mike Brown. It's almost like a, it's almost like a guaranteed certainty. Uh, I mean, that point is, you know, proven right. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow went to Athens and then went up to OSU. Although Athens is like three hours from here, but regardless, um, point is proven. Someone else we picked up, Riley Lees. I don't know if you've heard of him or even. I don't know nothing. Um, He's another potential guy that makes the roster for punt return, kick return. He's uh, pretty quick. Um, he's going to be that's another good. type of guy that's basically only special teams. You're never going to see him. Northwestern did have a really good year last year, um, despite playing in the Big Ten, who played like four games in total. But either way, they had a pretty good year. They beat Auburn in a New York's in a um, New Year's Day 
New New Year's Six Bowl. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, they played in the um, Big Ten Championship, lost to OSU, and then uh, beat Auburn at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> Interesting. I that I have a couple weird personal connections to that, but I'll leave that out. <laughs> um, um. Yeah. So that pretty much covers for the most part. I don't think. Do you want to talk about any of the other undrafted players? No, nah, I think we're good. I think the other guys are going to be are going to struggle to make the team. So, <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about something interesting. Is in that schedule. There's a lot to talk about with the schedule. Um, we have the sixth most difficult schedule in the NFL. So that is pretty fantastic. I never uh, right pay too bat. much attention to that because um, it's always based off the last season and things change very quickly. Yeah. They do have to start off at Tampa Bay in the preseason. So they get Joe Burrow gets a nice uh, meeting with Tom Brady right off the bat. So that's nice of them to set that up, set up a little date for them. I doubt either of them play very much in that first game. I doubt Joe Burrow plays at all. I bet he'll actually. I bet, he's I actually he's not going to be ready. I, I thought he wasn't going to be ready till season opener. I heard he's going to be ready week one. I doubt he plays the preseason. Yeah. Why? Why waste? You know mess anything up for him up until then. So it'll be trying to figure out who uh who our backup's gonna be. Uh yeah. Well which by the way they cut Ryan Finley, the Texans did after we traded him. Wouldn't be a bad idea to bring him back. No. I'm good. As the greatest franchise quarterback <laughs> of all time. He's beat the Steelers on uh, uh what, eleven and one Steelers team on primetime football or whatever. Yeah. Um. So uh, so the actual I'll skip the preseason because I don't like it. <laughs> um. So the only I I don't really like the seventeenth game. I do appreciate the fact that they got rid of a preseason game because the preseason does not need to be four games long. It honestly does not need to be three games long. It should just be two. Well, it, um, it depends. I I I liked from from a standpoint of getting you know guys on the team and trying to figure out your talent. I think four four games was good. I think it's it's like slightly fun like to watch the preseason because you're watching players there's always like it's good for storylines and it's good for like those hard knocks TV shows cuz you get a lot of those players who are like I'm just you know I'm trying to make the team and working hard and you know you see them make big plays and you say oh he made a good play he'll probably make the team like that stuff's really fun you know there's no there's no like you know, job security issue for like a Joe Burrow. Right. But it's fun to see like those other backup positions kind of fight each other for it. That sounds, that sounds so weird saying that out loud. That sounds like some weird gladiator shit. <laughs> <laughs> Watch them fight for the death for their roles. Well, that's all this is. It's just, uh, it is, it is, it is basically a form of gladiator, just a little, a little less violent. Yeah. It's, it's mock battle. It's mock battle. It's definitely a battle. Um, it's probably like not like mock bloodshed. <laughs> All right, back to the schedule. Minnesota. Okay, back to that. That was a fun little rant. All right, yeah, they start off Minnesota. That's going to be a weird one because I have no idea how good Minnesota is going to be. Uh, I think we're going to lose, but yeah. Um. So real quick, before we get into like game by game, I do want to just quickly touch on. So they're doing the seventeenth game. 
Ours is uh, they added the 49ers, so that'll be an interesting game. Uh, that's, you know, a little history for us, playing them in the Super Bowl twice. So every time we play them, I, that's what I always think of. Uh, the scheduling gods gave us a very general buy right in the middle of the season. So Generous. I really appreciate yeah. that. I Yeah, I hate super early buys and super late buys, I think, kind of mess them up. Although they haven't had too much trouble with late buys, but it's uh, it's it's always good. It's almost right in the middle. It's like after week nine, so they play nine games, take a break, and play nine more. It's great. No Monday night games. Uh, no, no prime time other than the Thursday night game, which I thought when they were bringing that back, I, th- there was, I thought there was some rule that like every team got a Thursday night, except we didn't last year. <laughs> Or the year before, one of the it's years we didn't get a Thursday night game. I, I can't believe they made the Thursday night game like the two worst teams in the NFL last year. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a great storyline. <laughs> it's Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. Those were the two the last two number one picks. That game is going to be in prime time. But why why bother with the rest of them? <laughs> what do you mean? Tebow's on that team now. He, he's he's going to take over. Well, that's the draw, yeah. <laughs> that's what's going to get people on the TV is they want to see Tebow. Trevor Lawrence God, that's a whole is going to is going to blow out both of his knees. Oh my god. Do you know do you know do you know what would happen if if Tim Tebow were to come back in as quarterback? <laughs> I th- I think I th- I think the the seas would part and 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 God would God himself would come down just to watch a couple games. He's going to take him to the playoffs. You'll see. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm I'm marking you down for that. No, that's a joke, Eric. I know. Um But and you know, to keep going on general stuff, they do play the NFC North. Um so they'll get Minnesota, Chicago, Green Bay, and Detroit. All those come in the first six games. So they get interconference games out of the way pretty early. Um Obviously, because Andy Dalton got signed with the Chicago Bears, that's the one I think I'm the most interested in. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be fun. You know, on, I think on paper, to kind of go on, we, I know we like to talk about him probably more than we ought to, we should, but... Um, you do love your Andy paper, Dalton. I love me, Andy Dalton. Uh, he's, you know, on paper, he's re- the week one starter. We have no idea how they're going to be in camp. Um, sh- like, you know... I've, I've heard people talk up Justin Fields and all this and that. And it's like, yeah, but this is him practicing. You never really know until you get to training camp. And it's very possible that, you know, Dalton starts the first handful and then, you know, it goes off. Or maybe they get to actual gameplay and Fields doesn't perform as well. You never. It, it's the, one of those things like you really don't know until you get there. Um, I, I do think – this is my rant I've been saving – uh, I think Chicago fan base is a fucking joke. <laughs> uh, those people are fucking nuts. Um, I was I remember like early in the off season there was like just a rumor. It wasn't real. It was just like a rumor of Russell Wilson potentially wanting to leave Seattle, and then all these fucking Chicago fans started like photoshopping pictures of Wilson in a, in a Chicago jersey holding a Super Bowl trophy. I'm like fucking Christ. Come on, like. Let it, let it, let it materialize first before you go to that, and then, and then my favorite one 
what was that he was in uh, he was in the he was at the Chicago airport and people were like oh he's coming to Chicago he's meeting with the group it's like Chicago is like an international airport. He was probably there for a layover. Guys, come on. And then, and then, like the like the day of that, Justin Fields got drafted. They were again photoshopping pictures of him holding a Super Bowl trophy, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. They said he wasn't even the Week One starter when they drafted him. So like, why would you assume that he's going to win the Super Bowl? Like, t- baby steps. Come on, guys. One thing I've seen I, I, is that I, they do not like Andy Dalton. <laughs> well, I think well, I think their their problem was um they were really wanting Russell Wilson. Like they really like I'm telling you, they were like going wild with these photoshops and all this wild stuff. And then for them just to get Andy Dalton, you know, that's like the biggest cock tease on the on the planet. <laughs> so for them to go from, you know, a Super Bowl winning MVP to, you know, a pretty good starter, all things considered, is probably disappointing for them. Uh, even though, like, statistically, Dalton's had two seasons that were way better than any Chicago Bears quarterback ever, just on pure statistics. Um, so it's like, you know, it, that's really not that bad of a deal. And he honestly won more games than any other Cowboys quarterback the year before. So you you, you start putting in context like that, that's not too bad. But I, I could see them not, you know, if if they really truly honestly believed that they were going to get Russell Wilson, I could see how they could be like upset with that. But they just got to get over it. <laughs> they got their quarterback of the future. Like Dalton, they, he signed a one-year deal. Like he knew like it was entirely possible they were going to go get a quarterback. And then they even called him and said, hey, we're getting a quarterback. I think he knew there's a possibility this is not my long-term job. Yeah. There's my rant. I'm done with my rant. I'm done talking about that stupid fucking fan base. Well, whatever. I think it's uh, Andy Dalton's last chance to really make something of himself in the NFL. Yeah. Um, most likely, I would be shocked. At this point, you know, he's getting older. He never really was the big arm. Um, as much as I hate to say it, his days are probably are numbered, realistically. Yep. Um. So, we talked about the NFC matchup. They also have the AFC matchup, which is the AFC West. Um, every time they have to go out West, they don't do a good job. So, I'm not particularly looking forward to them playing out at Las Vegas and out at the Broncos. I could see both of those games easily going not in our favor. Right. I agree. Uh, I don't know what it is, but they just they just can't do... West Coast. Uh, maybe it's a time difference. I don't know. Um, and then, of course, that division also has the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, uh, God, that's going to be a bloodbath. That's at the end of the year, but it's not the very last game of the year. So I'm kind of like – I'm not entirely sure that they're not going to – you know, if it was like the last game of the year, I could say, well, they're probably going to bench – the homes they'll probably have their seating locked up and not have to bother playing the game. But since the second to last year, that seventeenth game, that could make some really weird mathematical alignments. They could be very well playing for something important, right? Um, but like, uh, let's look at you know I did say earlier in this broadcast 
that the bye week was very favorable. However, if you look at the last nine games, it's kind of brutal because you have to go out to Vegas. You got home at Pittsburgh, uh, home for the Chargers, coming rookie of the year. Um, what's the guy's name? Justin Herbert coming into town. Then the 49ers come into town. Then you got to go to the Broncos. Uh, then the Ravens are coming into town. Then the Chiefs are coming in town. Then you go at Browns. Uh, while they do have seven, one, two, uh, sorry, five of those eight last games coming at home. Five, eight, yeah, five and eight at home. Uh, brutal competition. Yep. And I think uh, the big thing for me is looking at the in division games, and I just I don't see. Mm-hmm. where we've gotten better than other teams, except we may have gotten better than Pittsburgh. Possibly. Pittsburgh lost a lot of players in free agency, I think. Obviously, we took Mike Hilton as one of their quarter, as their slot cornerback. Uh, Anderson, Vel- Anderson Velnueva, I think is his name. He went to Baltimore. So it's possible that on paper our – we have a better roster than Pittsburgh, but I would be shocked if we have a better record than them. Um, it depends on how far uh, Roethlisberger has regressed, and he looked pretty rough near the end of the year. He had a really he had, his numbers in the playoff game were really good. Um, but like to kind of pivot, kind of what I was mentioning before, I think their first nine games. You know, I think this is where they could possibly rack up a lot of wins. Um, I don't see it happening. I, I see them going pretty poorly. Um, but, like, just on paper, they could win. Um, I, I, I kind of foresee the season going in, in, in two possible ways. Uh, one, uh, they do pretty decent in the first half have the bye week and then get destroyed in the second half or what I think is the most probable uh, is they just get beat on both ends. Yeah. Um, I just don't have any faith in Zach Taylor at all to put up a strategy for 17 games that will have success when he has won six of the prior 32 games he played or has coached. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm still not, not confident in this team and we, we have so many, you know, so many unknowns still. Um, mm-hmm. We've changed a lot of the roster at this point, so I still think we're a ways away, but there's there's at least some improvement or an attempt to improve. Yeah. Um, they're making an effort, and, you know, we said we didn't like the pick of Chase just purely on position. I I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't put fans in seats. <laughs> I think the fan base was pr- pretty split on wanting Chase versus Sewell. Oh, yeah. I've seen all kinds of um, like fan polls from Bengals fans asking who they should pick, and it's almost 50-50 split. Um, and, and not to like throw anybody under the bus, but I feel like the people who understand football wanted Penny Sewell, and the people who didn't want <laughs> Jamar Chase, not to like – yeah belittle or say anybody stupid or anything but uh the people who knew football thought they should have got seawall 
us included, we thought should have gone for Seawall. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. But I, you know, I was mad about it when it happened. But I think at the end of the day, it's you know, I, I would be happy with. I do of feel. These guys. I do feel. I mean, yeah, they like had the cream of the crop on who they were going to pick, and I do feel a lot better about the offensive line knowing that they did get uh, Riley Reef. Leaf, whatever the hell his name is, uh, in free agency, and then they picked up three linemen in the draft. That makes me feel better about that, but that's not as, like, reassuring. Yeah, I, I think um, I think Frank Pollock is going to be the biggest biggest change for our, our line. So that makes me a little more confident in things changing. It'll be interesting to see how the line will play out and how it protects Joe Burrow because I'm sure he's probably more inclined to protecting Joe Burrow than Jim Turner was. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to see the preseason and see where where the offensive line has gotten to because I think by that you know that first preseason game we're going to be seeing if there's been an improvement or if it's just crap. Yeah. That, I mean, that, well, probably from, like, a player-by-player standpoint in terms of, like, the depth and the backup, but preseason games do not matter, and they're not the best determinant on how good a team is. I think the best example of that was the um, 06 Colts, who went 0-4 in the preseason and won the Super Bowl pretty handily. So uh, Yeah, it's it's not about wins, though. It's it's about looking at tape and exactly. seeing what these guys got. It will be interesting to see because it's like, I know Zach Taylor didn't, he did a terrible job with how he handled veterans and how veter- veterans felt that they were treated with the team. Um, with Dalton, Geno Atkins, um, and who's the other one? Oh, Dunlap, that was the biggest <laughs> one. Dunlap. Um, but I, I've heard that most of the most of the players actually like the guy. So, you know, we'll see. I I, I think if they start out zero and six, hopefully he'll get fired. I, <laughs> it would be stupid to keep him around if if like he just keeps losing and losing and losing. It's okay. How many like straws are you gonna get? You know. Yeah, I, I um, mean, yeah, we'll see. I, I I I hope they don't keep on going with this experiment if it's another, you know, horrible year. My my hope is they get like they go like terrible, they go like, oh and six fire Taylor get that okay so we're done with it forever, and then they go, and they get an actual head coach in the off season, and, and then, they go out and actually have success because, th- I think the Zach Taylor experiment has failed horribly. Time to cut our losses and move on. Yeah, I I think after. Uh, well, it's kind of hard to tell me. You know, from my opinion, I, I think if it's another, you know, very, very bad record, then he needs to go. But it's – I could also see it being unfair to him with what he's gotten, the the, the roster he's gotten and watch, the watch chances go he's like, gotten. S- watch them go like 6-0 and <laughs> we'll be eating our words. Um, I'll tell you what. I, I said this before. I'm not looking forward to them going into into Detroit because that's like injury hell. Uh, so many players have gotten injured when we play up there in Detroit. Uh, Kenny Irons, Leon Hall, Kijana Carter, 
Oh, God. Yeah, I know. A lot of throwbacks. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. We'll see if uh, Burrow blows out his knees again this year. Let's hope not. (laughs) Nick, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Nope. Well, I think that pretty much covers our uh, podcast. Feel free to hit that subscribe button um, and so you can listen to us rant more about sports. We got other stuff coming. I'm going to talk about the Reds in a couple of days at some point. Cause that's a roller coaster. Uh, so thank you very much for listening, and everybody have a good rest of your day. Bye-bye.